Welcome to the Script and Style Show, the web show where we talk about web development with the people that make it happen. Today's episode is brought to you by TrackJS JavaScript Error Monitoring. Know when errors hit your website with the context to find and fix bugs fast with TrackJS. Start your free trial today at trackjs.com. I'm Todd Gardner from TrackJS JavaScript Error Monitoring, and my co-host David Walsh, creator of the popular blog, DavidWalsh.name. How's it going today, David? I have a sore throat today, Todd, but I'm really excited to talk tech. That's something that I'll manage through it. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. This is a little bit different format of a show than what we've done before. Uh, scheduling like panelists and stuff and and big topics is, is kind of hard, kind of time consuming. It's one of the things on why we can't do the show as much as we want to. So today it is just you and I. It's good to mix it up, man. It's where it all started, right? Yep. All right. So uh, there's some new things happening today. We got a new video system, don't we? We do. Unfortunately, Google seems to be discontinuing Hangouts, and I'd like to veto that decision, but I have no power to do so. It was um, so easy. You could just like start a web meeting from YouTube and like record it. It was just, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, but much Google likes to shut things down, um, and so they've shut us down here. But we're going to try using Appearin, which is a really cool in-browser service um, where people can just hop in with no install, no nothing, and jump into a meeting. And so we're going to give this a shot, and hopefully it works out well. Yeah, and so we'll take this video and we'll upload it to YouTube so that if you watch us on video, you'll still be able to watch us on video. And if you don't watch us on video, you listen to the audio recording, you can always find us on YouTube at the Script and Style channel if you'd like to see our beautiful faces as we rant about web stuff. Beautiful, That that's one word. All right. Well, so let, what are we talking about today? I thought it would be really cool to talk about remote debugging. Um, I recently created a patch for the debugger in Firefox, and it got backed out pretty quickly. Um, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Everything is there. Everything's in Firefox. But it came to my attention that one of the people on the DevTools team was like, well, you broke remote debugging. And I was like, remote debugging, what is that? And so I thought it'd be really cool for us to uh, to talk about that. Plus, you've been doing a lot in the world of remote debugging as well, haven't you? I have. So we've both been working on similar things from different points of view. So first, maybe let's talk about what is remote debugging and why would we need to do this thing? What what does How does this fit in into the world? And so like for me, like I've had to do it a few times where like you have a specific device somewhere that is misbehaving and like you can't recreate that same issue locally in your own, in your own browser, but it happens on like that kiosk computer. It happens on that particular phone or it happens on something. And you need to be able to like get into that device and figure out what's different. What API is missing? What timing is off? What, what thing is unique about that remote device that my code doesn't work? Is that what you think of it? <clears throat> yeah, um, but I guess where I was introduced to remote debugging was when mobile phones came out, and there were basically you know zero debugging tools. Of course, the browsers didn't give you much to work with. Um, and now, so when you're saying when you're talking about mobile phones, are we are we aging ourselves appropriately? Because when I think of this, I think of like Windows CE devices. Well, I was thinking more of like the early days of of iPhone 
when you, uh. when you were trying to get, like, why the hell isn't my website working properly in Safari? Um, Not why isn't your website working properly in mobile IE55. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, but listen, this is a problem that we've had for a really long time. Um, you could, I don't know, in a way, Firebug felt like remote debugging to me as well. You know, because well, you were- Firebug had that thing where you could like take Firebug and like put it in your web page right. so that you could open Firebug from a remote client, which like that was the jam. I used that a bunch. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was super useful. But of course, the, day, the we've stopped trying to do things like that and we've got better methods in place to do remote debugging, whether it be apps or the remote debugging protocol. Well, so let's talk about those things because like- if I am faced with a situation where I need to like do some remote debugging, the first thing that I always did was just like stupid, specific manual debugging steps. So like I would like render logs into the footer of the page. Right. Or I would like just make like some tiny UI tweaks. Like let's change the borders to red. Let's, you know, let's have JavaScript pop an alert with like the contents of this object. Let's let's do this, those sort of things so I can just deploy some code and see what's wrong on the remote device. Did you do that sort of stuff too? Yeah, I did that sort of stuff. Um, was- although I would always put it like above the H, like I'd have the PHP, if that was what I was working in, echo out above the header so the whole site looked hosed. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, those sort of tricks were super helpful. Um, and they work super fast. Like sometimes you could do something like that and it would tell you your issue right away. And are it was you all fast was, enough to do on production. I don't know if it's fast. I mean, me, <laughs> like production is a vague concept. Like upload, is it production upload. and you're getting like a million hits a day or is it production and maybe somebody hits your site like once a week? Cause if it's like once a week, yeah, it's just rock and production and figure it out. Like nobody's going to notice. If it's a big site, well, then probably not. Then you probably. I've seen I've seen uh, remote debugging stuff echoed into HTML comments. Oh, that's a, production that's, sites. Yeah, but then depending on that remote device, you might not be able to see the source, right? Because good, that's always the show. limitation with those remote devices is what can you actually do? Because they don't really have a full debugger on them. But like, can you view source? Can you like view hiddens? Can you? Like, what can you do to, like, actually see that debugging output? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's where my example of coming back to um, iPhone debugging came in. Because when we, when the iPhone came out and we were trying to figure out why our sites weren't working, we had just about nothing. I mean, you could echo things out, like you said, but again, you couldn't really see source. Um, and we had all these weird tools like winery to jump in there and get the information that we needed. What's winery? I think winery was debugging, like a very early days debugging tool for iPhone. Okay. I I never did iPhone dev, so I don't, I could be lying or it was called wine. It was like something, something of that effect, but yeah. Well, well, wine was the windows emulator on Linux, unless they were doubling up on names. No, it was probably winery then. All right, cool. All right. So then let's say like you can't figure it out or like there's too much back and forth writing specific, like debugging code is too hard. Um, maybe what, like 
eight years ago, maybe somewhere around there, like the browser started baking in like better remote debugging capabilities, right? So like, what is, I mean, you're probably super familiar with it. Like what is, what does that look like in Firefox? So that's a really good question. In Firefox, we have a, um, a remote debugging panel where you can, you know, add a given address and then pipe into whatever you're trying to reach, which could be Chrome. Um, we have a team at Mozilla that helps companies figure out why their sites are slow in Firefox or something's not working and such. So a lot of times we'll remote debug into an older version of Firefox to see what's going on there. So we do have a tool within our dev tools where you can um, remote debug. So Even how does that work? Like, is there, you have to be running uh, Firefox on the remote device and then one Firefox can connect to another Firefox? Um, you need to have a host open on a given address and then Firefox can connect into that address. So I'm sorry, I'm not getting it. Like uh, the remote address of what? Of like the remote client that's viewing a web page, or you can talk to a web page directly. Oh, I'm sorry to the to the client. All right, so the client has is is viewing a web page with some browser that is right. compatible with the Firefox debugger API with right? the remote debugging protocol. With right. the remote, is that not Firefox specific? That's just generic. I think it's mostly generic, but I don't think that there's a real good standard for it. And so I think between the different browsers, they can be a little bit different. So like you can't connect, can you connect the Firefox debugger into a remote Chrome session? I do believe so. Ooh, that's kind of fancy. So then like, is it full featured? So like you can use all of the power of the browser debugger on the remote device. I think that to a degree, you're going to be a little bit limited as to what the remote device can do, right? Because you can't tell it to do something that it doesn't know. Um, but like I said, I think the protocols are loosely based enough that f for things like pausing and basic debugging, you're going to be able to do those things. It sort of reminds me of, I don't know if you know this, but VS Code has extensions so that you can remote debug like Chrome and Firefox from your text editor. So it's generally, you know, a protocol that, that, um, is it using that same remote debugging protocol? Is that how that works? Yes. That's cool. All right. But that's all a fairly recent thing, right? Like if you have like an old piece of it, like an old phone running like Android four, four or something like that, you're not gonna be able to like connect to it. Right. You're going to have, running... a, you're going to have a hard time. Again, it all depends on the device, though, right? You might not be able to do so from Firefox, but there's probably another tool to do it. And so what's the what's the status of this? Like, what browsers support this? Do you know? In it, my only experience is with Firefox and Chrome. And I know that at Mozilla, we're trying to help out the person who created the VS Code extension to improve their extension. So that's sort of the reach of my remote debugging between the browsers. Yeah. So you don't know about Safari or Edge or... Any of any of that any of that jazz? I don't, but it I for Edge it might depend on how closely they're tied into uh, the the same. Did they yeah. go to yeah. WebKit or? I think they just went to Blink, or they went straight to Blink. So I mean, it might be you know Microsoft may have it sort of by default. I mean, you know, in some ways it, it feels like a smart move. They're really like hitting feature parity with Google by doing that, but like. 
for standardization on the web, that it's it's scary. It's not a good thing. No, <laughs> it's a it's All a right. smart it's a smart business move, but it's not a good web ecosystem move. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we still have, we have things like Firefox, right? To like keep the keep the dream alive. We're not going anywhere, man. All right. So then. If, if you, you know, have these compatible devices and you can connect them to each other through the remote debugging protocol, that's awesome. You have like the same level of like tools that you would already be comfortable with using. Um, but for a lot of cases, in my opinion, the majority of cases where like remote debugging is like needed, you probably don't have a modern remote client endpoint, right? You have a shitty client endpoint. You have a, you have an old iPhone, you have an old Android, you have this weird kiosk computer that like has a hacked version of like open source Chromium powering a gas pump or something like that. <laughs> and that's the thing you need to connect to. Right. So what do you, what would you use in that, in that situation? I would use whatever recommendation I found on the third page of a forum post. Unless you have a better tool you can tell me about. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do. Um, if, you follow, if you follow me at all, I've been promoting the hell out of this the last uh, two, three weeks. Um, because I thought this particular situation was like super painful of like, if you want to connect to an old browser, um, my team at Trek.js and I kind of like hacked up this little side project that we were just kind of like interested in playing with it. And we built this thing called remotejs.com, which was like, for this. And so the idea is like, let's take, let's, let's be this middle ground. Like it's going to be better than like this handcrafted debugging tools that you're going to build yourself, but it's not quite a full on browser thing because that's, that's hard. And for the professionals, something in the middle, like what could I drop in to get me all of the things that I'll probably build for my like custom handcrafted debugger, but I can just drop right in. And so the idea is, Here's a little agent that you deploy with your website. And then it gives you all of this insight into what is the remote client doing? So you see all of the things like the TrackJS would have told you about, like the network telemetry and what things are being written into console and what kind of things are the user like interacting with. But you can also like get a remote screenshot and see what they see and execute remote commands. So you could type a command and we'll package that command up, send it across the wire to the remote client, eval it there and send you back the result so that you can like understand or ask more questions of the remote client without having to go through that whole, like write some more debugging code, deploy the website, wait for it to deploy, refresh the remote thing. That feedback loop is super slow. Right. And so having that remote eval, we thought was like, that could really speed things up. So what was your use case for this? Well, so I don't immediately have a remote client I needed to debug, but uh, Eric and I were talking about how like some of our most painful um, development experiences revolved around trying to debug remote clients and that there wasn't really a good problem. Like, so I remember a particular situation when I was working as a contractor uh, there was a particular Android device running like some hacked version of Samsung browser <laughs> or like it was on like an old Samsung Android based phone. And so it wasn't quite Chrome. It wasn't quite Android browser. It was like Samsung browser, this weird version. 
And for whatever reason, the website that we were working on didn't work on their phone. Unfortunately, the phone belonged to somebody really important at the company. And so it they had were, to... They yeah, weren't giving like, that up, were they? No, no. Uh, they weren't giving up their phone. And if we all wanted to get paid, it really needed to work on their phone. So... So we had to like build debugging tools around that. And it was that super painful thing of like, I'm rendering like hidden logs at the bottom of the page. I'm building like a simple like uh, history of like, here's all the console events. Here's all the state changes. Here's everything at the footer of their page. And I'm constantly like looking at their phone and trying to figure out like what's going on. In the end, it turns out like the, the AP, like a, a low level like browser API around um, manipulating elements was just subtly different on their, like you just couldn't inject one element into another. I don't remember the specific details of it, but like the browsers, you know, there's there's a little bit of gray areas in that HTML specification that, you know, sometimes they do, do it just slightly different and, and less so today, but it happened a lot uh, back in this time. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the obviously early reasons why people were shying away from Android. Yeah. And, why, and why I would say early Android was very bad because there were too many flavors of it. Yeah, and, and it was very unpredictable whether a website would work in it. But we were still building websites and still had to work in Android. And so remote debugging was a painful and frequent occurrence. But I don't think it's it's that uncommon today either. Like, we've gotten a couple of different requests from customers of TrackJS who wanted this capability. Like they would file a, a feedback request and they're like, I really just want to like connect to one of these remote sessions and like see what they're doing and like like send commands. Is that possible? And it, it's just to it's totally not possible with the other architecture. But we wanted to build something that did. And so that's kind of what remote JS kind of stemmed from. And it's it's totally a uh like a hack project still. Like the whole thing is one single node process running on a single digital ocean box, but like it is running really well for being kind of duct tape and chicken wire. Awesome. Um, and so if I wanted to start using this, start playing around with it, what would I do? Sure. So like the basics of this, I'm even going to share my screen. How cool is that? I could take advantage of the platform. Unbelievable. Whew. Uh, let's see. We're gonna share. We're gonna share the heck out of this screen. So for the video users, they get to see this infinite thing and get to see how this works. Ooh, can you see it, David? Does that yes, work? Yes, I can. Sweet. I also saw my blog on another tab, and I feel like you're just pandering to me. No, like seriously, dude. I like like <laughs> most developers. I don't actually remember how anything works. I have to constantly like Google it. Like I know that these pieces fit together in this way, but. I don't know the specifics, so I just Google it. And more often than not, David Walsh <laughs> blog is the top search result. And so I use your blog all the time, man. Awesome. The SEO work is... Um, anyway, so this is RemoteJS.com. It's a totally free thing that you can just play with. Uh, the idea is you come in here and you hit the Start Debugging button. And what this does is it creates a channel. You can see the channel is just like this, this GUID that we generate up here. And it's basically... Sure. Any agent, any like remote device that connects to this viewer will be connected to this debugger. So like it's very like low authentication kind of thing. It's like a paste bin kind of style where like, yeah, you really don't want to do this for the long term and you really don't want to tell people your channel and you probably don't want to like 
use this for super sensitive things. Of course. But for, you know, quick debugging stuff, it's kind of fun. So you land here and then here's like the code that you need to get onto the remote client in order to check, yep. uh, to connect. So you can, you know, deploy the script tag. You know, here's the channel name here if you want to like change it to something else. Or you just, you know, invoke this bit of JavaScript or you... Oh, bookmarklet. Uh, Very nice. Or here's a, bo- here's a bookmarklet. Um, so, in fact, you want to you give something kind of fun a try? Let's do it. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to go into our chat and I'm going to send this to you. This link. Okay. And can you can you put that uh, the the tracking link into a page of yours? Like you can put it into like open up a another tab in your browser or whatever. You just go somewhere and execute this in the console. Yeah, go somewhere and execute that in the console. Oh wow. Hmm. All right. I'm a sports fan. I'm gonna go to ESPN FC. How does that sound? Cool. I'm gonna do that. I'm going to. Console this, boom. All right, and then once that all happens, oh, look at that, connected. So what just happened is an agent connected, and by when he turned on his agent, the agent installed uh, installed into his remote browser and opened oh, wow. up a WebSocket connection back to a little pass-through server that we have, sure. and then started funneling all that information down to my browser right here. And so this is our quote unquote simplified debugger, which is, I mean, compared to like the Firefox debugger, it's very simple, but awesome. it, gives, it gives you basic stuff, right? I see that you're using, you know, Chrome 78 on Mac OS, you connected. I have a little toolbar here. I see that you're on ESPN.com slash soccer. Um, if there was multiple agents that connected, I can kind of switch between them. Sure. Um, and then I can see the stuff that happened on the page since the agent woke up. So like there was a bunch of XHR requests. So you know, ESPN is full of ads. Uh, they use Optimizely, uh, <laughs> other stuff going on. Um, they're firing off a lot of network requests. Uh, I can go and I can ask for a remote screenshot. Now, it doesn't work like super. It's not, don't expect like pixel perfect anything from sure. the screenshot. But it's just using the the open source like HTML to Canvas thing to try and put together a uh, a screenshot, which might have totally blown up because I see a ton of errors getting dumped into the console. So it might be that it does not work on uh, on ESPN, but sure. that's okay. <laughs> uh, we can do other things. So like, why don't you click on something on the page, click on a, a link or click on a whatever. Ooh, let's do this hot transfer rumor right here. All right, so I click the link to a different page. Oh, they must not use simple reloading because I think I probably lost you. You want to execute that thing again and reconnect? Yep. Yep, I did. Doing a live demo. Live, unrehearsed demo. So, you know. We'll do it live. Do it live. So, while this loads in, I guess... Are there any limitations on using this? Um, would there be a um, like a cross-domain concern, something to that effect? No, um, like because when you add it, you are funneling like ooh, something is not happy. 
Okay, uh, that's enough of the demo. <laughs> no, but like uh, that was a really impressive project. You call it sort of hacky, but you get a really nice sort of console to see all of the XHR and console logs and events. That gives you a really good insight to yeah, what's we, happening and on what time frame. I mean, I didn't have a chance to show it, but like at the bottom there is just a console input. So I could type in commands and it would execute remotely. So it would I could pop alerts on your screen. I could see what the content of the H1 is on the page, um, that, that sort of stuff. And like, nice. I don't want to be like... Uh, I don't want to gloss over it because there are some like obvious security concerns around this whole thing, right? Like you, by putting this on your page, you are giving a remote user the ability to execute remote JavaScript, right? And so like, if you have your credit card on that page, that remote user can take your credit card. So you probably don't want to put this thing on super secure pages, uh, and you probably don't want to put this thing on for like permanent. It's for like one-on-one, like debugging small issues. But to be fair, anytime you put a piece of third-party JavaScript of any kind on your website, right. you're kind of rolling that same dice. Absolutely. Right. You you reference something off of a CDN, you are implicitly trusting that CDN not to screw with you because they can really easily. Right. Um, but this... I don't know. This tool is going to be incredibly helpful regardless of what new old client, whatever device you have. If you can send stuff to them remotely, you're getting a really good window into what's going on. Especially, like, I really like the screenshot feature. Um, <laughs> if it works. <laughs> well, but, you know, getting, a, getting that Canvas screenshot working, I've seen all over the place, right? So that's going to be really useful um yeah where was where were you five ten years ago (laughs) (laughs) five ten years ago i was doing it the same hard way that we all were like just slinging some bad debugging code um it was really you know building track.js who kind of that kind of taught us how some of this stuff works and there's something like really valuable about how our agent is crafted to like get you that telemetry information and so we just wanted to like reuse that in other in other places and other contexts. So like there's no restrictions to your earlier question about using remote JS. Uh, we've had uh, upwards of like 2,000 concurrent sessions on it w- uh, when we first launched it, and it seems to work fine. Like the um, the utilization of the server is is totally within normal normal ranges, and uh, we don't like restrict you really in any way on how you do it. Uh, I, I, Infrequently, it pops up a little notification that says, "Hey, hey, maybe you should use TrackJS." Right. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, maybe you should help me, like, you know, pay for this this stuff I help you with. Um, but Remote JS itself is free. It's just something that we we weren't really sure, like, the how to like charge for something like this because it's the kind of thing that you don't need all the time. Like, you might need it once in two years. And you run into an issue and you're like, oh, crap, this is super hard. We need to fix it. And RemoteJS can fix it. But you don't want to go through like the whole, should I buy this thing? Should I put my credit card down? How much, like, is it really going to fix my problem? We didn't want to deal with that. I didn't think that would work out too well. So it's free. It's free and it's awesome. You're selling it a little bit short with uh, calling it hacky because it actually <laughs> it looks really nice. You, you haven't seen the code. <laughs> 
We're not talking about the, the code. We're talking the, the, about U- the functionality the, here. Oh, the functionality in the UI. No, I think it's I think it's excellent. It's the code under the covers that might might not be solid. You're you're describing every coded project out there. So I, I, I know think that- I, I know it's like the that perfectly coded system never gets launched right. and never makes any money. Absolutely, the systems that get launched to make money is like. 10,000 line class files procedurally executed with a giant switch statement in them. Those are the ones that like, ah, that's what makes money in the world. Right. Because we're focused on finding something that makes money. But developers hate that. That's what frustrates me about whenever I do a redesign, I'll like tweak it to make things a little bit faster, whether it's lazy loading, whether it's, uh, you know, using a JS loader to only grab stuff when I need it. But then you go to a big site like ESPN or Disney or whatever, and you see how much crap they're throwing into that page. Yeah. And you go, what am I even doing this for? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, yeah. You go to a, a really popular sites and they just don't give a crap about page weight or load time. And then you're like, why do why do I care? So, like, people still are going to visit ESPN. People are still going to visit, like, all these sites. And they smeared themselves with ads. Why am I wasting all this time like micro optimizing another hundred milliseconds off of my page load? Because it's in our heart, man. Because we know how and we want to do it. I do. There's a sense of professionalism about it, right? There is. And I mean, I don't know how much of it, any, like how often have you gone to the website of another developer and looked at the markup on it and like changed your opinion of who they were as a developer Based on oh, oh, they're using Bootstrap. Ugh. No, come on, bro. Yeah, that's that's a definite disqualifier. There, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, you look, there's a there's a give and take as far as time and cost, right? Or time and revenue. It's just that with some of the bigger sites, it's like you don't have the engineers to come on. You've got the money to fix that. You've got the money to make that faster. If you have the money to create perfect ads everywhere on your site, you can lazy load an image or two. Yeah. But nobody's going to do that. I'm going to remote debug their site to fix it for them and just send them the code. Oh, I did that tons. Like I I was using the New York Times uh, for a lot of the stuff. But that's what I was like testing out Remote.js with is I would like load it up in like a different tab because it works in all the different browsers. So like you can uh, spin it into... I think all the way down to IE10 or Safari or mobile Safari or uh, Android 5, I think is how far we tested it down to. Basically, anywhere that supports like the uh, WebSocket API should work. Awesome. That's really cool. I Yeah, the instant feedback is really nice too. You're not just looking at a, a log just coming in as it happens, which is amazing. That's really cool. So anyway, that's pretty fun. If you're in that situation, you should totally check that out. Um, I think that's probably it for our show today, huh? How about, I don't know, just briefly, like the future of remote debugging. Ah, how, how could I get What's coming next? So I just want to throw this out there, that it's out there in Firefox. I think it only works on Mac right now, but Web Replay in Firefox is hidden behind a feature flag that you need to go to about config for. But while you're debugging, 
it actually records everything that you're doing Mm -hmm. so that you can replay what happened. Um, But it only works right now in your own browser, but maybe in the future, we're going to be able to make it so that you can share said recording, send it to someone, they can replay the recording Care, and now you have care, a truly care, remote. Careful, you're treading on my turf. <laughs> <laughs> be afraid, be afraid of, uh, of uh, Firefox for Mac. Um, but no, like we we do need this stuff to get better. And imagine you're like a big company, and all these people are seeing this massive flaw on your site. If you can share a recording of what's going on. You can figure out whether there's a problem with the site, whether there's a problem with the browser. Um, you know, assuming it one day it works between operating systems, you know, maybe even that. But I guess, like, can you see, can you think of another way that, that we could make remote debugging easier in the future? I mean, the reason that I like your tool is that whether you're a super experienced uh, been in the industry forever, hardcore JavaScript guy, whether you're new to the industry, whether you're a designer, you have a window to do this um, by simply executing some JavaScript in the console, right? You've made it really easy. How can we make it easier or how can we make everything better in the future for remote debugging? Hmm. That's a good question. There's, I think the browser vendors have to like get together and decide that it's a priority. And so having Mozilla work on it is a great first step, but like, unless it becomes a standard, like part of the the browser spec, I'm not sure how you would do it. Of course, there's always, you know, a potential future where we're not writing JavaScript on the web anymore. Bite your tongue. <laughs> I mean, everybody's always predicting the death of JavaScript. Like first with like Wasm, and now and and now there's there's tools building built on top of it. Like the people in the Microsoft community are like super excited about Blazor, and they're like, "Oh, it's just going to transform everything." And I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. All right. Well, hopefully, some of our listeners can throw us some better debugging ideas so that we can capitalize. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if somebody has a good debugging idea, like, I mean, th- these are the two people building that stuff right now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> one on the browser for dev time, one on the server for production time. Give us your debugging ideas. We're going to make it happen. We'll bring the future to you. Amen. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? No, I think that's a wrap. All right, so thanks so much for joining us on the new shorter format. Please let us know what you think in the comments of YouTube, I guess, or on our uh, Simplecast page. Uh, Until next time, I'm Todd Gardner. I'm David Walsh. Adios. The Script and Style Show is recorded and produced by David Walsh and Todd Gardner. We'll see you next time on Script and Style.